February 2nd, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Kamandaf Yodaled Amud Aleph. If you count from the bottom of the Amud up, it's 13 lines from the bottom of the Amud, the first word on the line. Gufa, uh, the Gemara, returns us to a Beraita which was cited earlier. Uh, the Beraita began with the following statement Arba'a Kilalot Hayar Bishimon ben El Azar Omer ben Ezekin. Bishimon ben El Azar would set forth four principles with regards to damages. Number one, if it's a domain, if it's a place which is permitted and appropriate for the nizak, the person who ultimately speaking gets damaged to be there, but not for the person who damages to be there, the statement in the Beraita of Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azar is if I enter onto your property with my animal or any other way and damage in that fashion through my property, I'm liable bakol, says the Gemara al hakol la katane. The Gemara reacting to and explaining those words of Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar, they note that his words or his word is specific. He doesn't say al hakol in all circumstances, but rather bakol in full. And as a result, says the Gemara, again, it doesn't say in all situations, which would suggest to us that your hayav on nizak for all of the avot nizikin, for any damage that you might do. It rather says bakol, which suggests that you have to pay in full. That implies bikule nezik, the entirety of whatever you damaged, you are liable to pay for. So again, taking a step back and uh, taking stock of the statement of Rabbi Shimon ben Al-Azhar then, it means that if I enter onto your property with my property and in some way damage something, even your livestock, my liability under all circumstances in every situation is full payment. That's a little surprising. It's a little surprising because if we're talking about all types of damage, we're familiar already at this point in Masechet Bavakama with Keren. Keren means my animal gores. It doesn't even need a gore. It can do all sorts of other actions. It can push. It can use its strength with an intention to damage. And the liability in such a situation on the first three times the Torah makes clear in Parashat Mishpatim is Hatzinezik, is only paying it in half. How come this statement of Bishimon ben Al-Azhar is that even when the animal gores what we call Kerem, Bereshuta Nizak, it's going to be a full liability, a nezik shalem, which I need to pay. It says the Gemara, Maneh, all good, Maneh, who must the author of this Beraita, Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azhar, be following? Rabbi Tarfon. It must be the opinion of Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Tarfon, as I mentioned, will come up again in one daf from now, but he's really in full color in the Mishnah and Daf Kafdalid. His statement, summarized by the Gemara here, You're supposed to understand it. Uh, you're supposed to pick up on that uh, without the Gemara. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, Rashi obviously spells it out. If you look at Rashi in the uh, second to last of the narrow lines, Hayav al hakol la katane de lehave mashma al hashen al haregel ve al hakerin. If it would have said al hakol, it would be uh, suggesting for all the types of nezik. Ela, rather, the words are Hayav bakol. Here it is, de mashma al hakerin. Afal gav shehutam, atal ashmina and hayav 
Nezik Shalem. So Rashi filling in the, uh, the gaps for us. Nathan says, generally speaking, the Gemara would articulate that it would fill it out. All right, not over here. I don't know who he is yet. No, it's, uh, it's not a knas. Uh, give me one second. It's Nezik Shalem. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Uh, so, but in one second. Uh, it's explicit in the Mishnah. I'll tell it to you. But here it is. Bitafoni da'amar mishune keren v'chatser hanizak Nezik Shalem mishalem. According to Bitafon, when the uh, ox or animal goes on to the domain of the person who it damages, someone else's property, in that situation it's mishune. It's different than when it damages in the public thoroughfare, there and only there, it pays nezek shalem. What's the sevara? What's the logic of Rabbi Tarfon to uh, distinguish between if your ox gores or pushes something in the public area as opposed to in the private area? In the public area, you have three warnings uh, before you pay full amount. In the private area, you're immediately paying full amount. The Mishnah makes clear Rabbi Tarfon has what's called the kalvahome as a logical deduction. He says like this, he says, well, in Rishut Arabim, in a public area, what's the liability with regards to shin and regel? If you trample someone else's goods, if you eat from someone else's goods, there's no hayuv. No, no, no. Shin and regel is b'sdeacher. It's only if I go into the other person's property. In Rishut Arabim, it's entirely free of pay, right? That's in Rishut Arabim. What's the halacha with regards to keren the Rishut Arabim? right? Half damage, which means to say, I'm comparing the two and I'm saying, in the less severe area, Keren pays at least something, half. Shin and Regel pay nothing. When I get to what seems like the more severe area, the Rashut Yahid, what does Shin and Regel pay? Nezek Shalem. What's Keren gonna pay? Hatsi Nezek? You already proved to me from Rashut Rabin that Keren pays more than, or at the very least, as much as Shin and Regel. You're gonna get into Rashut Yahid and you're gonna tell me he pays Nezek, Hatsi Nezek? What's the problem? No, quite the opposite, because yeah. he's in private. No, in public he pays less. I understand. Mm-hmm. So in private he pays more, right? Oh, I mean, firstly, we can, so again, the so to speak, does it logically speaking based on liabilities, right? Uh, in terms of uh, psychologically or in terms of responsibility? Oh, come on, makes a lot of sense. My animal went onto your property and damaged on your property, and you're gonna tell me that I have a. a what? But he did it on your property. All right, well, let's give it till Daf Kafdali, then we'll, we'll flesh it out further. What is Kenny pay? Shalem now, according to Rabbi Tarfon? What? In a land that's mine and yours together? No, that'll be the general question. What's the definition of Hatzer HaMeshutefet? Right. Right? I said it was half, right? Well, no, Hatzer HaMeshutefet is the mahluk between Rav Hasta and Bil Azar and Tuberaitot, etc. What's with regards to Keren? Oh, you're saying Keren on Hatzer HaMeshutefet? 
So, so, so that's going to yes, that's going to flip according to the bitaf. I mean, it, again, it's it's question on def, defining it, and in turn, in terms of liability. Yeah. Anyway, says the Gemara So says okay. So now you're defining the first line in this beraita, the first kalal of Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar as. Again, Rabbi Tafon's opinion, which means to say, if you have Kirin, Bereshuta, Nizak, you have Goring in the private domain of another, you pay full amount. Okay, says the Gemara, that's very nice. I accept the interpretation. It's a little bit surprising. We haven't really introduced this opinion. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, I thought, might be more of a populist. He'll take Chachamim's opinion. No, he goes with Rabbi Tafon. I have a problem, though. With regards to Keren? Shenan Reg of the Torah tells us in Rashuta Yahid is Ikshalim. In Rashuta Rabim, nothing. No, that's right. The place the place made you uh, nothing, right? The Rashuta Rabim, that you want to upgrade once. You went went from half up to full. What do you want to go to? In Keren. But the Torah never distinguishes in Shin and Rega. The Torah says. Why not when my guy goes on, why not pay half desert? Because I see in Rishikara, I totally accept you. You didn't. 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 You Shen and Regal, the Torah never distinguishes between. The Torah, the Torah only talks about Mu'ad and Tam with regards to Goring. With regards to chewing land or trampling land, the Torah says, you have to pay full amount. It never talks about a half. There's no such thing as a half with regards to. That's my question, but why didn't you just get the Torah told me that. The Torah says it's a full amount. Right, anyway, so the Gemara now says, so uh, let's, let's now, uh, however, internally test out the Bishimon ben Al-Azar's opinion based on statement number four. Look at statement number four of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Let's try to understand what he was talking about there and see if it's consistent. Statement number four of his four klalim, his four principles was and is lo leze velo leze. If it's a property, a domain, which is neither for the mazik nor for the nizak, neither for the damager nor for the damaged, the damaged, neither one of them belongs there, kegon, for example, hatser she'en oshel shenehem. For example, someone else's property. The statement over here in the Beraita is in such a situation you'd be Hayav for Shin and Regio. It's considered It's Sedeh Acher, correct. No, this is saying somebody else's. Well, I mean, before you get ahead of yourself, we don't know what this means. So we can't really ask questions. We don't know what it means. Says the Gemara, my lo leze velo leze. What does it mean that neither one of them belongs there? You told me it's neither one of them belongs there. For example, it's neither one of theirs. So what does that mean? Ilema, perhaps you'll tell me lo laze 
Maybe it means that really neither one of them belong there because it is the Rishut Yahid of another individual. Uh, says the Gemara, I can't accept that. Ela de'aher, but rather it's uh, another person's possession. V'habainan, the Gemara says you can't be hayav in such a situation because we need Again, the Torah says with regards to Shen and Regal, you'll only be Hayav if you damage on the other person's land. The other person is a reference to the owner of that land. So it can't be that since I damaged on a your item on another person's land, I'm going to be liable. That's against the Pasuk in the Torah. Pasuk in the Torah. Pasuk in the Torah says, The simple interpretation is, my animal damaged on another person's land, that person's nah, land. Yeah, no, I'm saying, say that there's a third person. It doesn't. It just says in the final words of the Beraita, it says, if it's lo laze ve lo laze. It's neither for him nor for him. And then the Beraita says, and I'll tell you what that means, it means neither one of them belong there. So what does that mean? It sounds like, uh, well, someone else belongs there. As the Gemara, I can't accept, it wouldn't be true according to Halakha. Don't you need that it, the damage takes place on, the person's other, uh, on another person's land, and you don't have that over here. The damage is on another person's land to another person's item. Rather, says the Gemara Peshita, it's simple, it's clear that the words lo laze ve lo laze means ela dehad. Wow. It rather means that it's not open to both of them. In other words, if I say, this is a place that is not mine and yours, it can mean one of two things. It either means it's neither yours nor mine, or it means it's not mine and yours, meaning it's only mine. You walked in here, this is not mine and yours. So you say, so then what are you doing here? I didn't say it's not mine. I said it's not mine and yours. It's a funny way of speaking. No, 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 this is Rishul Tanizat. Okay, but at the very least, it's yours as opposed to the mazik. Okay. It's your place as opposed to the person who damaged. Right, you might be a partner on that land, right. but it's not a partner with the mazik, the person who caused the damage. So says the Gemara, rather we have to argue, again, we have to argue not because the words are that smooth, it's a funny way of talking, I said, this is not mine and yours, it sounds like it's neither one of ours, but to suggest that it's neither one of ours and I'm damaging your goods on someone else's land, that seems clear against the Pasuk in the Torah. So we're therefore suggesting, Ela Peshita, Ela Dehad. Rather, it means it's Reshuta Nizak, Vekatane Sefa. And the final words on that case. Again, remember, case number four was if it's Lola Zeve, Lola the Halacha is Tam Mishalim Hatzi Nezek, Muad Mishalim Nezek Shalim. Uh, so the final case, which we're suggesting now is identical to the first case, both the first and the final case, although using different words, a little bit funny way of articulating yourself, are talking about a kinisa, an entrance into hatse, uh, excuse me, reshuta nizak, my animal goes onto your property and damages on your property with kirin. The first case in the Beraita says that situation and says bako, meaning 
full liability. How do we interpret that? The bitarfon. The final case in the Beraita says the exact same situation as we're explaining it, but says you pay half if you're in your first three times, if you're a short time. That's a blatant and stark contradiction. In case number one, we're going like Rabbi Tarfon. In case number four, we don't have another way of explaining it. In Why case number four, case that's an interesting Why question. It wouldn't be considered bisteacher is the Gemara's assumption. So the Gemara says bisteacher. This is the I understand everyone's claim on this, but the Gemara's understanding of those words bisteacher on the field of another means the damage that it's doing is on that other's field. It's just it's the simple way of reading the it's, it, uh, Otherwise, you have to stretch the words in the Torah. The Torah says, and if the animal is let go, and it goes and it tramples on the other's field. On the other's field, oh no, it's on another person's field, another person's item. It just doesn't read so smoothly. That's the assumption of the Gemara that you can't explain the puzzle. What makes sense is if it's different from the first one, because otherwise it's a contradiction. Right. So it has to mean that you're not on mine and you're not on yours, you're on his. Yeah. That's what we're struggling with, Alan, but with, I hear you, I really do, and the Gemara suggested it, but it feels, the Gemara feels you can't make that suggestion because they feel it's against a simple pasuk in the Torah. That's their understanding. I agree with you, and to be honest with you, when we read the Beraita through the first time, although I said we're going to return to it, that's exactly the way I explained it, purposefully. That's the most simple way of interpreting it. But now, instead of interpreting it that way because they feel it's going straight up against the text in the Torah, the Gemara is interpreting as one and four are, and they'll question this type of notion in a little bit, are really talking about the same case. Now it seems like a contradiction. Case one, case four, same case. Case one was explicitly Lola Mazik Elalanizak. And damage, and we said over there, Hayav Bakol. My animal, I'm taking a walk and I enter onto your backyard, your front yard, and it damages your thing. In such a situation, I pay full. Final case, exact same situation, but pay half. Well, that's a contradiction. Yeah, that's it. Says the Gemara. What happened to the split? Why can't we split the fruits and shivani? Why can't we split that up? What do you mean? Case four is talking about when you had rights, full rights, and I only had fruit rights to the place. All right, one more time. No, it's not. One more time. One more time. We only distinguish between Tam and Mu'ad by kid. That's what the Torah says, right? Okay. Uh, as long as that won you. Yeah. All right. I hope it won Jesse as well. That's right. Correct. Says That final case then would be following. Ata means to go. Would be going with Hachamim, the opinion we've known until now. Da Amre. Their opinion is Mishune Keren That even in and of course it goes without saying in a public area, even in a private area, if my animal gores yours, I'm liable only to half if it's a short time. That's the question of the Gemara. That's the question of the Gemara. Resha. Questions of the Gemara. In, in the Gemara's words, Resha. The first principle. Rabbi Tarfon. Vesefa. Rabbanan. That's funny. That's strange. You gave me the same case, one and four, and you followed one opinion in one, and a different opinion in four. Answers the Gemara. In. Yes. You like your question? Good. Take your question and answer it with, the, with yes. 
You think it's inconceivable? It's not inconceivable. Sometimes, apparently, that's the way a Beraita or a Mishnah would be written. It's not the way you and I would necessarily teach or think or, or write. Uh, he's not committing himself to that. Obviously, we're going to follow Hachamim. But, uh, but, but he's not committing himself to that. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar is giving a class. He's a little bit confusing for me and you and for the rabbis in the Gemara, but that's indeed the suggestion initially, the first answer in the Gemara, with regards to what he's doing. He's giving principle one and four about the same case. One is, is Bitafon, four is Hachamim. Hey, we'll three quarters. We'll go in three quarters. <laughs> very nice. Very nice, very nice. Deha. <laughs> Says the Gemara, we find precedence for such an interpretation. After all, we have precedence for this in a different Mishnah, a little bit up ahead, where there's a similar difficulty. Uh, Gemara is struggling with the, the Mishnah seems to be mixing and matching opinions. It seems to be first talking about one opinion and then a different opinion. First it would be Tafon and then Hachamim. And Rav Yehuda, the student of Shimuel, was having difficulty, as are we, with that type of notion. And Shimuel, the rabbi of Rav Yehuda, said to his student then, said Shinena. He referred to his student as Shinena. Shinena, Rashi elsewhere says it probably means sharp, like Vishinantam Levanecha, means Sheyudivre Torah Mehudadim Befecha, either sharp or learned. Rabbi Natan Baal Haruch has two interpretations to the word Shinena. It either means that you're sharp, Mehudad, or it means you just know Mishnayot, you're Mishunan in Mishnayot. There is famously a third opinion, Rav Haigaon, that Shinena means that he had long teeth, Milashon Shen. It's a little bit of a funny way that a rabbi would be referring to a student, to long teeth one, we don't generally assume that. We say sharp one, or learned one. Anyway, so says Rav Yehuda to his, excuse me, says Shemuel to his student Rav Yehuda, you know something, student, sharp one, Shivok um, Matnitin. Leave that Mishnah aside, leave it aside, has shalom. No, what I mean is stop, stop having such difficulty with it. You're breaking your head to try to resolve it and say it follows one opinion, or hachamim, or or bitafon, ta, come, abatrai, after me. In other words, follow me on this. I'll teach you the right way. The way that Mishnah works is Reshar Bitarfon. The first statement there accords with Bitarfon, Vesefa Rabbanan, and the final is Hachamim. Again, I repeat, it's not the way we nor the rabbis of the Gemara would assume the Mishnah would be constructed or a Biraita on our, on our page. You'd assume you're going to designate this is Hachamim versus Bitarfon. You'd assume it's all one opinion. Uh, instead, the suggestion here is we're up against the wall. Uh, uh, Shemuel taught his student Rav Yehuda, sometimes we'll do such things. Okay, that's the first approach here in the Gemara. Says the Gemara onward, um, what's that? That's, at, at this point, that's how it's going, yep. Says the Gemara, half, half, hachamim. Says the Gemara, Ravina Rava Amar Kudar Bitafon. All right, rest assured you have an opinion that will follow, uh, that, that, that will be excited about maybe. Uh, Ravina, in the name of Rava, suggested that the whole Beraita, uh, both statements, one and four of Rabbi Shimon ben Al Azar, accord with Rabbi Tarfon. Well, the first one of those four we understand. The first one was if my animal enters onto your property, I f- pay full amount, even if it gores. Okay, that's Rabbi Tarfon, that's what we know. 
about the final statement where it said in the place where it's lo laze ve lo laze and we couldn't figure out what that was talking about? Umay, and what does it mean in principle four? Quote, lo laze ve lo laze. What did that mean? Lo laze ve lo laze le perot. Ela dehad. Leze u leze lishvarim. What? You like this? Right. Right. Lo leze ve lo leze meant that uh, we're going to read the Gemara with this girsa, and then we'll talk about uh, Tosafot in a moment, Rabbeinu Tams in a moment. Uh, maybe we'll find your man. Um, um, so uh, Rashi and the Gemara, as it's presented in front of us, goes like this. The situation is such, in case number four is, that it's not entirely mine and yours, but it's not entirely not mine and yours. In other words, it is, for one thing, uh, shared property. It is on the other thing, not shared property. You're, you're not allowed to bring your goods onto this property. You are allowed to bring <coughs> your ox onto this property. Me, I'm allowed to bring my livestock and my goods onto this property. So one more time. To a certain extent, it's more mine than yours. I have ability to bring my goods and my oxen. You can only bring your ox, uh, can only bring your oxen. You come onto that property and your ox, your shore, gores my shore. What's the liability in such a situation? Would you consider that like our first case where it's entirely my property? Well, it's not entirely my property. You have some rights to be here. You're actually allowed to be here with your ox. And as a result, it's likened in this respect to a Rashut Rabim as opposed to a Rashut Yahid, according to this reading of the Gemara. And you'd be liable only to Hatzinezek. Delegabeshin havyala. La Hatser Hanizak. In contrast, I'll explain those words in a second. It's an amazing split now. Because if you recall, the final statement in the Beraita said that with regards to goring, you're going to pay half. With regards to Shin and Regil, if your axe goes ahead and eats from my fruits, what's the liability going to be? Full amount. One second. You're allowed to be here with your ox. That's right. You're allowed to be here with your ox. As am I. So with regards to ox uh, damaged one to another, Rashut Arabim. We both have rights to be here. With regards to goods, you can't just you can't just deal. No, you can't just deal with goods over here like that. You can't just. This is a Rashut Yahid with regards to goods. And as a result, the suggestion here in the Gemara again quite clearly is that although you have rights to be here with your ox and therefore it's going to be considered a shutara beam because we're both allowed to be here with regards to our animals, with regards to goods, my goods are allowed to be here. You're not allowed to touch those goods. You're going to be liable full amount. Jared, I imagine everyone is bothered by that. That's not if, I, if you're allowed to be here with your ox, that is not private property. The Torah says, Bisteacher. That's not Bisteacher. Hold that question. That's, that's Tosafot's question. That's what we dealt with in the Gemara. That's Abaye versus Rabbi Zerah, if you recall. That's Mahlokit. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was Abaye and Rabbi Zerah. Over here. So, anyway, that's the suggestion here in the Gemara. So, one more time, let me just uh, let, let's just finish this and then we'll read Tosafot a bit. So, again, Ravina, uh, four lines from the bottom, uh, three words before the end of the line. Misheme de Rava Amar. Ravina, in the name of Rava, suggested Kular Bitarfon. Both statement one and statement four follow Rabbi Tafon. Statement one goes without saying. We know it. Statement four, my lo lezeh lo lezeh, goes as follows. It's lo lezeh lo lezeh le perot el We can't both be here to store our goods, only I can. 
However, it is lizeulaze, it is. We can both be here, Lishvarim, we can bring our livestock. And therefore, Ligabeshin Havyala Hatzir Hanizak. With regards to damaging my goods, not my livestock, my goods, this is my property. You say, well, it's share property. You're not allowed to bring your goods here. I am. It's private property. You have to pay Nezek Shalim. Of course, it's Shin. That's the Gemara suggestion. And why? Because we're both allowed to have our Shivarim there. Just before we read the Tosaf, well, let's finish this Gemara. If this is so, if your interpretation is correct, effectively you're telling me that you have three cases in this Mishnah. You don't really have four cases. This is three cases. One and four are the same thing. It's just detailed difference. It's technically speaking a private area of the Nizak. That's what you're telling me. Oh, so there's a nuanced difference. You told me I have four principles. There are four principles. It's principle one gets broken up. You have a few details on principle one. That's it. You start the class. Got four separate situations. You don't. You have three situations, and the first one has a few details. If that's all, this is four cases. These aren't four cases. Shilosha havu. There are only three. Answers the Gemara. You're right. Yes. Answers the all right, all right. You guys and Rav Nachman by Yitzhak. Amar Rav Nachman by Yitzhak. Indeed, it's Shilosha Kilalot. You're right to describe it as a principle. It's not four principles. It's three principles. Mekomot. It's four different situations and places. Indeed, indeed. Okay. So, so that being the case, we conclude this Gemara with. This explaining state that Kelal 1 and Kelal 4 of Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar in one of two ways. Either the Beraita is to be split in terms of opinions, talking about the identical case, um, but Rashut Hanizak, but the first statement is Rabbi Tarfon, Tampez Nezek Shalem in Rashut Hanizak, and the last statement is Hachamim, or alternatively, Ravina in the name of Rava suggests that case number four is a funny situation. What's that funny situation? Rashi? If, if you're allowed him to bring his eyes, your food's there, shouldn't you have a responsibility to protect your food? Uh, well said. Uh, let, let's state it differently in the words of Tosafot, because again, this is the way we explain the logic of the Torah. Then it's not Sedeahed. Then it's not someone else's property. It's his place. That's the last You have responsibility to safeguard because you know that you're sharing that place with him for the oxen. It's effectively. The pasuk in the Torah, which Tosafot will invoke against Rashi, they say, How is, if he's allowed to have his ox there, then it's his place as well. If it's his place as well, you're extending it, you should be watching over your fruit. 100%. But Rashi interprets again this last case, the words in the Gemara, as we have them are, everybody, both the Mazik and the Nizak, the damaged and the person who is damaging, are allowed to be there with their livestock. Only one of them, the person who got damaged, is allowed to be there with his goods. Therefore, with regards to goods, uh, when they're damaged, what's called shin, it ate the goods, oh, that's my property. We're both like, no, my, my goods, my property for the goods. As a result, you have to pay for that. You're not off the hook, it's not a public area. But with regards to the oxen going one at the other, in that, and for that, we consider it like a reshut harabim, like a public area where you only pay half. Oh, well, that being the case, says the Gemara, that being the case, 
case, um, questions uh, Tosafot, that being the case, questions Tosafot on Rashi, well, uh, wait a second, you're telling me that for Shin, for eating the goods on that property, where I'm allowed to have my goods, but you're allowed to be there with your ox, well, that's not Rashut of Bisteahen, that's not another person's land. You're allowed to be there. If you take a look at Tosafot, Dibura Matil, Lolaze, Velolaze, we're going to go backwards in the middle here. We're going to go backwards in the middle here. If you just skip, we will read the whole thing, but uh, almost the whole thing. But if you skip down to four, six lines to the middle of the line, uh, because that's where they tell you what they don't like. And then you know, before that, they told you what they do want. It says, Velamid Gima. Lamid Gima stands for Velogar Sinan. The proper version and wording in the Gemara is not, well, it is going to say exactly what we have in ours. Says Tosafot, don't have the version in your Gemara as the books that we know have them. Those Tosafot here are looking to fix the wording in the Gemara. Very often Tosafot will do this, either based on tradition or based on their logic and their understanding. It can't be. What does it say in our Gemara? Our Gemara says that we're both allowed to be there with our livestock. If that's so, that you're allowed to be there with your livestock, you damager. With regards to eating the goods, shen, it's not considered the, uh, the ownership or the sole ownership of the person who got damaged. Since everyone's allowed to bring their ox into that area. So that's the question of Tosafot on the girsah, on the wording of the Gemara as we have it, on the approach and turn of Rashi. What does Tosafot have instead? Well, look at the bold words in Tosafot. Again, it's the third Tosafot from the top. Lo Rabbeinu Tam, of course, the grandson of Rashid, Biakov ben Meir, Garis, his version, his wording in the Gemara goes as follows. Lo lezeh Neither me nor you, not both of us are allowed, neither one of us can bring our livestock onto this property. One more time. Neither one of us can bring our livestock onto this property. Tosafot's suggestion goes as follows. You and I have some other partnership on this land. You have rights to this land, but your rights are not to bring animals nor to bring goods. Uh, what are your rights? Mabad, if you're allowed to bring, uh, you're allowed to use the office space to meet with, uh, with clients. That's what you can use this area for. You're not allowed to bring your animal, you're not allowed to bring your goods, none of that. I can't bring animals either, it's a no pets allowed area. I'm allowed to bring my goods. That's the situation, that's our agreement. One, one person's allowed. One guy's allowed to bring his goods, Neither one of them are allowed to bring their animals. Says Tosafot, that's the solution to our Gemara. Because now I found a situation with regards to Shin, you entered into our office space and your dog ate from my uh, cereal box. Oh, that's you, you have to pay. It's my, my property. So it's not your property, it's my property as well. How's it your property? Oh, because we have a shared, par- we have a shared partnership, but you're not allowed to bring your goods here. You're not allowed to bring your ox here. You're right. Okay, I got to pay full amount. That's Shin. No. No, no, no. For Rashi, one of them, our Gemara, one of them allow, is allowed Perot, both of them are allowed Shivarim. 
for Tosafot, neither are allowed Shivarim. One is still allowed Perot. It just changed that statement of Rashi. And with regards to oxen, I brought my dog, you brought your dog. Your dog attacks my dog in the office space. I said, are you paying full amount? Full amount. You weren't allowed to have yours just as much as I'm not allowed to have mine. We both brought them here. Public thoroughfare, whatever the situation is. In that, and for that, you treat it as, as public. You have to pay Hatsi Nezik. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, it's, it's Nathan, it's, it's, it's exactly what we've been saying throughout. Again, it's Nathan that, well, let's start again. I, I want to just level it two ways. I don't want it just to be logic. I want it to be the Torah, which now we read the logic. The Torah says that the damage happened on a private person's property. Okay, that's number one. Now, we interpret that, which is good. That's what Nathan's been repeating as, if it's my private property, I don't need to watch over my goods as much. I don't expect you to bring your ox onto it, right? And therefore, if you're allowed to bring your ox onto it, although it's private for goods, if you're allowed to bring your ox, it defies logic, says Nathan, based on that pasuk in the Torah, and as a result, you'll be obligated. From, from this, are we, can we assume that somebody violates the rights of no, no, this is not a forfeiture of, 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 of rights. No. No, no, no. No, no, it's just, it's just liability. Right. One person's allowed goods, no people allowed animals. You brought your animal, it ate my goods, full amount. You and I brought my, our animals, and yours attacked mine? Half. 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 Like we should say, in all situations, yes. 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 Oh, correct. All right, we don't have the time for it. In other words, Tosafot's claim doesn't match up with the next question of the Gemara. According to Tosafot, Maharsha asked this question, and his question, in my opinion, is stronger than his answer, is you have four completely different situations. That last one's not just a nuance difference. It's completely off limits for you. We have a separate partnership. You're going to call that part of the first case? Not really. Okay, um, let's uh, just introduce, without reading it, the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah will talk about the mode and way in which the payment goes about. Our last Mishnah talked about what needs to be in place with regards to being obligated for damages. Now we're going to determine, well, what do you need to do with regards to determining the damage? How do we appraise what happened? How do you actually pay back? Obviously, we know you pay back with money or with high-quality land, but some of those details will be elaborated upon over here as well. What sort of witnesses do you need in order to ensure that you're going to get paid back? Uh, that's what we'll deal with in the Mishnah and Gemara to come. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.